0: The blast from our past network. Cardipe! Right. right.
1: Hello, oh. Newman.
0: This is so fing <laughs> good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. It's now! He's a re gifter!
1: Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every episode of Seinfeld back to back to back because we love this stuff and we know you do too or else you wouldn't be listening to us. You wouldn't pick uh, and click on a Seinfeld podcast if you didn't love Seinfeld. So uh, we hope you do. I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And we are excited to be giving you The Limo. This episode was from Season 3. It's Episode 19, and it aired on February 26, 1992. Corey, my man, could
0: you let everybody know what the quick synopsis is of this episode? Yes, sir. I think this one's a little bit shorter than the last one. Uh, <laughs> Jerry and George hop into a limo that was unaccounted for at the airport. They're thrilled to learn that they are headed for Madison Square Garden and invite Kramer and Elaine to join them. The gang fears for their lives when neo Nazis hop in the limo and they discover their true destination.
1: Yeah, you're right. the uh, The episode is definitely shorter. That synopsis, though, is still pretty big, almost as big as the last one of the boyfriend. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, it probably was. Probably <laughs> was.
1: Uh, all right, so let's go into our scene breakdown. And guess what? Yeah, we still start with a
0: stand-up. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the case for quite a while, <laughs> <Yeah>. I think. <laughs> so he's like, "Do you think that the people who run the stores in the airport like have any idea what the prices are everywhere else, or do they just like have feel like they're their own little country and they can kind of charge whatever the hell they want to?" Basically, he's like, "Yeah, sandwich is nine dollars. Sure, you know, well, go back to your old country, you know, blah, blah." But you know what? I thought it was funny when you mentioned air. Uh, 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 Sandwiches $9 That's exactly how much They cost like now (laughs) And I was wondering I was like Have the prices Actually stayed the exact same I don't But anyways I was like Interesting that he mentioned $9 Because that is exactly What sandwiches cost Yeah Um, And he's like uh, So he says Jerry says uh, I think the whole airport complex Is just a huge scam To (laughs) to sell tuna sandwiches He's like uh, Their profit is what's Supporting the whole industry Basically He's like The terminal The airport It's all just a distraction To keep you from uh, Noticing the beating you're taking on the tuna. I was like, from from beginning to end, I thought this was a really good stand-up. I very much enjoyed it.
1: I'm with you. Uh, this This is a strong one to start the episode off with. Yeah,
0: and it's it's funny it's still applicable yeah. today because even though it's weird that the price of the sandwich is still the same, but yeah, it's like sandwiches are still why is the food so expensive at an airport? And I know we've talked about like once you dig into the 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 actual reason behind these jokes, you know, that that Jerry tells it doesn't make sense, but here I really don't mm-hmm. get it. Like why is yeah. like Subway, you go to Subway and a sub that would normally be $5 is like $10 at the at the airport. I don't get it. Yeah, because they well, can What's the deal? Well, it's like, yeah, it's,
1: it's because, yeah. That's how they make all their money. It's just yep. like it's like movie theaters, man. The concessions make all the money. The, the ticket prices don't make shit.
0: Egg. There you go. I I think you're right on there. Plane
1: flights don't don't make you anything. It's all about that goddamn tuna sandwich, man.
0: <laughs> yep, yep. Just like Jerry says. Yep. He's on the nose on this one. He's right, baby. Yeah.
1: All right. So we actually start uh, with George at the airport. He's having some problems um, ha- finding people to help him out with some stuff. He's trying. To, he's George freaking out about random stupid shit, and he's not adult enough to just do it on his own, and he. <laughs> It's funny. He tries to grab some guy's arm to look at a watch, just walk down and look at the time. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. um, but even though they're at, obviously, you know, it has to be like LaGuardia or JFK or something, um, he is still like perfectly at Jerry's um, gate and what. I guess he's just freaking out because it's a little late. The flight is a little late. Uh, Jerry does come in Uh, the good old days
0: when you could actually go right up to your gate and and not have to worry about going through security and whatnot
1: yeah but we cannot skip that as he's freaking out and people are not helping him he says the line you know we're living in a society which we <laughs> haven't heard since the Chinese episode that was when he first said it and we fucking love it and I honestly I didn't know that it comes up again I completely forgot that that line Me too. Yeah.
0: me too and it's, it's, uh, but right when he says it I was like oh yeah I, I, I could picture it I was like ah, I knew this was happening but yeah. yeah up until this I didn't know that that was going to be dropped right out of the gate on this one yeah. and obviously this is uh, if it's not a set which I, I'm not sure if it is yeah it was a set it had to be a set, set. Yeah. it looked like a set if it's not a set, then it's definitely Burbank Airport. Yeah. <laughs> it's possible. I guess
1: that's possible, too. Uh, so, yeah, so he's picking up Jerry, who comes in late. Uh, Jerry kind of talks about this guy who kind of got thrown off the plane or something or didn't make his flight, or I can't remember what it was. Um, but uh, he is kind of, like, being eccentric and yelling or whatnot, and kind of Jerry overheard that he had a limo waiting for him. So George concocts the, concocts the idea that they should use that limo and, you know, that they should – Pretend to be this guy O'Brien uh and take his limo, and on the walk to the limo guy, I'm gonna let you take this ha <laughs> yes
0: sir. <laughs> We got uh, our, our buddy Norman Brenner pops mm-hmm. up. It's a uh, Kramer stand-in and uh, lighting stand-in. And I don't know if we've ever mentioned it before, but what that means is, is that uh, Michael Richards essentially is th- – this guy, Norman Brenner, is essentially the same height and sort of the same build as Michael Richards. And so basically what a stand-in does is when they're like setting up the lights and all this kind of stuff, he uh, literally stands in for Michael Richards so they can get the lighting and all that kind of stuff correct uh it's a it's definitely a, an unsung aspect of the of of television that you don't hear a lot of you know uh, people, but actually, yeah. uh, watching watching Love Actually just recently, uh, one of the storylines <laughs> in there is the two people having sex are are stand-ins, they're yes. lighting stand-ins essentially, um, and it's it's essential. It has to be done. It gives people jobs, and it's cool that they actually give Norman Brenner like stuff to do after you know all this time. And, you yeah, know, I, don't, really I don't know neat. if he had a
1: line before this, other than just kind of being in the background before.
0: Yeah, this kind of felt like it was his first line. Uh, we could be wrong there. Um, the, the, totally correct us if that's the case on social media. But I feel like this was actually his first like speaking line. Mm-hmm. So,
1: and you know, the regular Joe Schmoe might be like, "Well, why the hell they don't they don't they just have the actors stand in uh, and do that?" Well, because they're actors and they get paid the big bucks, and they're like, <laughs> "We're not going to fucking do that." Um, but also, you know, it might ruin their makeup being in the hot lights, and you do just stand around for a while, and so they can be rehearsing their lines, you know, in a cool trailer. That's why they're the stars, you know they they they've figured out the way to not do that, but I'm not going to complain about it because it does give more people jobs.
0: It does. In in,
1: in an industry that makes way too much fucking money as it is, (laughs) we need more jobs in that industry.
0: It's true, and you and I have both been on film sets, and Mm -hmm. if you guys do not know, they are super hot those lights yes. that they use to light everything i mean like you hear all the time like like you know people like just sweating like profusely under under their outfits because it's so freaking hot on set now i do know i think they've started transitioning a bit into like led lights yeah. and whatnot that don't put off as much yeah, heat. there are more of those in the in- yep going on yeah on and that. and that's going to become more and more prevalent but but traditional film sets you you wouldn't know it to look at it and i always feel bad when people have to actually wear like like you know, winter clothes and stuff, because you're like, that's like, it's like 100 degrees on set right there. It's intense. So it all
1: it all makes sense, when, you know, when you really break it down. But, yeah. all right. So uh, they get, uh, you know, they go they talk to the limo driver. Um, I don't like that we get a clap of excitement from the audience as I, they kind of convince him. I mean, that's one we've talked about multiple times. We don't want fan, the only fan interaction that we actually seem to enjoy is the Kramer walk-in. And yeah. then, the, and then you know some regular laughs. You know, do the regular laughs, do the Kramer walk in, and then shut up.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I, dude, I wrote the same note down. I go, the clapping at the end of the scene was unnecessary, and I, I wonder, like, is it? Do they are they trying to someone there trying to orchestrate it, or yeah. is that just a natural reaction? I, I honestly, I
1: don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, um, but to me, what thinking about why i dislike it so much it's because with seinfeld and because we know it so well i don't celebrate their victories i celebrate the fall from their victories and so the <laughs> the rise up on you know on getting this limo it's not the excitement the excitement is when i know they're going to fail <laughs> that's the funny part for me that's all that matters i don't i don't i don't care about them being built up so it's like eh, i don't i don't need the the clap it just it just just sounds weird so
0: yeah
1: yeah save it for friends
0: yes exactly
1: (laughs) yeah uh all right so they're in the limo all excited george calls his mom so we get another george mom reference who's not even you know she's not in the the show yet um but you know I do love the way he talks to her is almost exactly like he does in future episodes, like to her face. And so I think he's already kind of nailed the dynamic um, that, you know, it hasn't even happened yet.
0: Yeah, and, and I just love the way it just instantly devolves. Like, mm-hmm. there, there's nothing good comes out of that conversation. It just instantly plummets into madness. And like you said, it's perfect. It's a perfect setup. We I feel like we already know his parents without even seeing them yet. Yeah. Especially absolutely. his
1: mom. Especially, yeah. Uh, all right, so they have a whole discussion on if the limo driver can hear them or not. Uh, kind of funny. We don't really get payoff for it later, though. I kind of wish we did, um, but... Uh, you know, uh, the one thing I thought was kind of interesting is George says something graphic about the limo driver's sister as a test. And it's like, <laughs> if if you're not sure if he can actually hear you, shouldn't you start with something a little <laughs> a little toned down?
0: <laughs> go, go a little lighter. Don't just yeah. go full, like, zero to 60 in, like, no time, you know? Yeah. So,
1: um, but, yeah, the limo driver doesn't react to that. Uh, they're apparently headed to the Knicks game um, or at, to, headed towards Madison Square Garden. Uh, that's where they're. So they're all excited. They think they're heading to the next game. Uh, Jerry calls and invites Kramer and Elaine. Uh, So, okay, we know we're going to get them in the er, episode as well. Um, Jerry is about to ask the driver, okay, we're going to go pick him up. And he says, oh, I know, which at first you kind of think it's because he can hear it, hear what they're saying. But really it's he knows because they're going to go pick up these other two people, uh, members, you know, uh, who are going with them that uh, George and Jerry don't know about.
0: And when I was younger, I thought the joke was that he did hear what they were saying. But when and, I yeah. watched it here, I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. That That's fine. And you're right. It's like it's weird that they they kind of layered in and built up the joke that he could hear them. Mm-hmm. But there is no payoff for that in, no. the, in the entire episode.
1: And and you're exactly right. I thought the exact same thing in previous times watching this because, like, I was ready for it. I was going to be like, oh, yeah, okay, we're going to get that payoff. And then And then when I heard it this time, I was like, oh, wait, no, that's not a payoff. That's just – knowing that there's two more people i'm like oh damn and then now i wish i had it <laughs> what i thought yeah. i had when i had read previous watching i lost it and i'm like
0: damn it i want that <laughs> yeah good good call yeah i liked it better when i thought it was the whole yes. time he was like
1: i heard everything you yes. said basically uh, you know <laughs> yeah agreed uh so we pick up these two people and they are played by peter Krause and suzanne snyder nope
0: well, no, no, yeah, no, that's correct. Okay. But uh, well, I know quick, that's I
1: correct. Just, but you waved at me like I had to I, shut well, up. I know
0: because I. I my God, you you're just a madman because... with the
1: over here. You're like, don't say another word. I'm ready to talk.
0: Because <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> right before that, they're talking about the jig being up, oh, and yeah. Jerry goes. Oh, George is like, let's just jump out and duck and roll. Mm-hmm. And Jerry goes, Who are you, Mannix? And I was like, Oh, okay. Adam is going to track. That oh, I didn't one hear that. I, yes. I missed it. I, so I wrote it down Ooh. and I looked it up, and uh, so Jerry says, "Who are you, Mannix?" Like question mark. Are you uh-huh. the, the character's name that he's referring to is Mannix, M-A-N-N-I-X? And basically, that was a detective show from 1967. So, oh, but Jesus here's the funny Christ. thing is, who's yeah, gonna know if, that? <laughs> well, if you look at it, but if you look it up on on Google, just type in Mannix. The first thing, like from the Wikipedia, it says, "Uh, um, it goes a detective show. Oh, uh, basically he takes a lot of punishment. They say that like." right Right in the first sentence, mm. like Mannix takes a lot of punishment. So I was like, okay, so he must like jump out of cars and yeah. stuff like that. Um, but if that show was from nineteen sixty seven, you gotta figure uh Jerry and Larry David probably grew up watching the syndication, watching yeah. repeats, but that was probably something that they watched. Yep. Okay. Good call. Thank you for uh, picking up the ball where I dropped it. <laughs> it's all good, buddy. <laughs> so, wow. so, yeah, back to uh, back to our, our two guest spots. Uh, mm-hmm. um, they're they're two pretty big people. So the guy, do yes. you know where he's from? Yes, I
1: recognize him actually personally from Sports Night more than anything else. But I know he was also on Six Feet Under, which is a pretty popular show. Which I actually didn't watch. I really watched Sports Night. Sports Night. I saw all of that because that's a great Aaron Sorkin show. What what was Sports Night? What was that show? Uh, it was a sitcom, but a pretty like dramatic sitcom, um, where it was uh, basically two hosts of like this kind of like a ESPN style Sports Center type of show, um, but it was kind of like all about like the office life of that. Um, but it was, it was written by Aaron Sorkin, so you know it has kick ass writing. The only thing I remember not liking about the show is it had a really good mix, or it had a good mix of drama and comedy but they also had a laugh track and it just it didn't really work with if it if they didn't have a laugh track i think it would be better off
0: right was it a three camera setup or was it a single camera with a laugh track
1: um i don't i'd have to go back and watch i mean it's been a while since i've seen it but i remember actually quite liking it
0: huh Oh, interesting. I I it's weirdly like you talking about it, I am like glimming gleaming different pieces in my head. I think yeah. I've seen ads for it or something. Um yeah, and I know him even though I didn't watch it, but I know him from Six Feet Under. Mm-hmm. Uh he was one one of the the brother or whatever. Yeah. Uh you know, so I, I know him from that. Um but Suzanne Snyder Actually, I know her from Return of the Living Dead Part 2. She was Tom Matthews' girlfriend in that movie, the the girl with the red hair. He eventually eats her brains at the end. Um, but <laughs> I don't I, watch those movies like you do, man. <laughs> I know. We uh, we reviewed it on Podcasting After Dark. Oh, okay. We did Return of the Living Dead Part 1 and 2 back to back. Um, and uh, growing up, I had a huge crush on her in that movie. And here's the funny thing. When Zach and I went to go record you know the the review for return the living dead part two i looked her up and i was like oh wait a minute she was in seinfeld so (laughs) i in my adult life just within the last six months found out that this was her i mean obviously if we got to this episode first i would have you know we would have discovered it there too but um I never knew that the redheaded girl that I had a huge crush on growing up as a kid was this lady, and she's also in another episode of Seinfeld. I think in like two seasons from now. Oh, okay, uh, so she she's done two different stints on it. Nice. Um, but but yeah, man. And uh, actually, uh, side note, just putting it out there in the ether, we are currently uh, trying to lock down an interview with her. So nice. if we can actually do that, I'm going to try to uh for for podcasting after dark. But I'm going to try to see if I can segue it into an interview for Cartwright or. Something awesome and we'll we'll figure it out um but suzanne snyder she's she's awesome and she's i think she's great in this episode as a whole but she's a lot of fun and check out return the living dead part two if you want to see her yeah.
1: Uh, she's got some other interesting credits. I want to call it Weird Science. She plays um, uh, one of the girls in that one. And then uh, something that I would be shocked if you and Zach don't get to eventually, she she was credited on uh, Killer Clowns from Outer Space. And that just yes. sounds like a kind of movie that you guys would do eventually.
0: <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's definitely on our list, yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um,
1: so we start finding out a little bit about this O'Brien character, uh, and he apparently kind of is a writer. Uh, he wrote from some newsletter, and um, you know that's all we kind of know right now. And George is trying to like play that off. Uh, we get a quick little scene of Elaine and Kramer meeting up. Um, so they're kind of getting ready. They're just definitely the B storyline. Uh, we get just kind of random quick things about them most the entire episode, and. Do we want to talk about it now or later? I I I mean,
0: it's it's like the worst B storyline I've ever seen. (laughs) It's
1: so worthless. It does not, it's not needed. Like, I'd be just, I'd probably like the episode better if it was just like that limo drive and it had that intention the entire time.
0: Yes, I'm actually a hundred percent with you, and yeah, you know we'll probably get more into it later, but it's here and now. We're talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, all this stuff of the lane and and Kramer really sucked, and like you know to the point where they're like they're like just in this scene right here, the first time you see him, Kramer like pretends like he's playing basketball and he crashes into the yeah. the trash cans, and I'm just like, oh, that's just that's so forced. forced. It's yeah. it's better
1: when it's yeah when you get like that just that naturally occurring Michael Richards physical humor. Nothing beats it. Nothing, yeah. but yeah. this was forced, and yep. and actually, like, I'd say the vast majority of the time we're seeing them, all they're doing is explaining the shit we've already seen in the episode, yeah. and that makes it so worthless.
0: Oof, you, I mean, I didn't even pick up on that, but you're 100% yep. correct. Yeah, it's like, it's like they're not even giving us new information, yeah. Yeah, dude, it's that's a that it keeps it really hinders this episode as a whole. Absolutely. I, I, and, and once you said it, I didn't even think about it. But once you said it, I I agree with you. I think this episode would have been awesome if it was all just took place in the limo. Yeah, yeah
1: that could have been. That would have been so much. Yeah, just that you it would have been could have become like one of those classicy, few very few uh, set pieces or set episodes. And instead, they kind of forced this other shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, which right. I guess
0: it makes me feel like it was probably, you know, because of the, the whole thing about happened earlier in season two with like yeah. Kramer not being in the Chinese. Right? It's like I wonder if like at this point, did well, they did they have a mandate? Do they have a mandate moving forward that all four of the characters have to show up in the episode no matter what?
1: Who's to say that you couldn't have still had Jerry and George calling Elaine and Kramer and just not having to have those cuts and we still stop and pick them up at some point. And, but yeah. it would have still just stayed in the limo and we yeah. would have eventually had all four of them in the limo without doing those cutaways. That yeah. would have been just fine.
0: Yep, 100%. I, yep, 100% right. agree with you. So then we get a very quick
1: little stand-up scene here. Yeah.
0: And this one uh, very much relates exactly to what we were uh, just talking about. Uh, Jerry doesn't—he doesn't understand why limos have uh, tinted windows. He's like, you see one drive by, and it's either a rich guy or fifty prom kids with a dollar seventy-five each. I thought that was was yeah. funny. <laughs> um, and he's like, being in the back of a limo isn't really that cool. Most of the time, most of the time, you feel like you're in some depressed man's uh, opera, uh, apartment from 1975. He's like, all that maroon velour furniture a couple bottles of wine cassette tape stains there must have been ten thousand asses already on this seat (laughs) i was like yeah i liked all of it i liked uh, so far so far both of the stand-ups have really enjoyed (laughs) it
1: yeah agreed all right uh so we're back in the limo uh we kind of get some funny scenes of this this lady is uh really into (laughs) o'brien we're just like we're like what the hell's going on um But it also seems like there's something very intense going out or going on right now. Like the the Peter Krause character is like, you know, just acting, you know, not suspicious yet, but just like they're all very, um, you know, just intense about what the heck's happening and, you know, what they're heading towards and whatnot, which, of course, Jerry and George have no idea. And they're kind of freaking out as well um, just internally. Uh, But we do find out that O'Brien is supposed to give a speech tonight. Oh, shit. George is (laughs) is like, oh, uh, okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so we then get a cut back to Kramer and Elaine for really no reason, um, and here they talk about shit we exactly just sp- – I'm not even going to fuck that. Fuck yeah, that like scene. literally I'm like, you it.
0: don't even have to – just to say cuts back to uh, Elaine and Kramer, boom. We're d- I didn't even tr- uh, take notes on it. That's the end of that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. But then we cut back. What's funny, we do we get a funny cut of
1: them kind of partway going through his prepared speech, George reading it, and it's all white power, super <laughs> yeah. neo-Nazi racist shit. Oh yeah. fuck! Uh, O'Brien is not a good person, uh, but I do want to call out a very dark and but funny line here, uh, where the lady is like, "What was it that you said about the myth of the Holocaust?" Uh, we get in like an, like, an awe from the audience, like like they realize like, "Oh, that was too that was too harsh for them." So I right. didn't love that part. You know that audience interaction. I don't need it. But what makes it particularly bad is she asked that question. To Jerry and George, who are two Jewish characters. Yeah. But that's exactly what makes it so fucking funny, too. Yeah. Because it's so, yes. it's so dark. And you know what? I mean, you know, Jerry wrote this stuff, and so he appreciates that humor. So
0: I'm just like, oh, that is that is bad, but that's funny. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. No, dude. I, I'm, I, I enjoy all of the interaction in the limo. I, I think it's yeah. all funny.
1: Yep. So, I mean, we get uh, a tire that blows and it kind of sounds like a gunshot. George is freaking out, thinking it's, it's a shooting. Um, the the guy, Peter Krause, kind of pulls out uh, a gun in preparation and he's just like, okay, they're all, obviously tensions are high right now. Um, the lady ends up kind of landing on George and is very, very into,
0: well, into O'Brien is what she is. Yeah, she's, she's so into O'Brien. she's Yeah, yeah she's scary into him. <laughs> yeah, well,
1: I mean, George is kind of into her being into O'Brien. <laughs> I, I mean, can you not you him? Yeah, I <laughs> yeah. can't. Um, we get uh, a newscast kind of telling us a little bit more about the O'Brien backstory <laughs> did, and just who he you- is. Did
0: you notice uh, uh, the the news lady, uh, Jodie Baskerville, um, did you notice that her hair looked like something about Mary's hair where it kind of had that <laughs> poof up in the front? And I was like, what is really going on with that?
1: I didn't notice it, but like, you know, Elaine had a big weird poof stuff for for a while. Yeah. So I, I think I get it. But yeah, that's, that's the 90s for you right yeah. there. Oh, yeah. Very poofy. Um, But, yeah, O'Brien is apparently the leader of the uh, local Aryan Union. Uh, You know, just all this shit. Very, you know, they're they're heading to a Nazi rally, basically. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yep. 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 That's it. (laughs) Yeah. Another uh, quick cut back to Kramer and Elaine. Something new kind of happens to them. She runs into this dude that she had met before. We don't really know who he is. He's going to protest the O'Brien guy, um, and Kramer's kind of, like, Trying to figure out what's going on, you kind of see some something, something's clicking for him,
0: yeah, it's I know, and they're really just trying to give these two they're, characters something to do, yep, very forced so uh George
1: is considering banging this Nazi chick. <laughs> I love Jerry's like she's a Nazi George, a Nazi <laughs> like I mean he's the sane rational person, obviously, obviously George is that pathetic that he would consider banging a Nazi. <laughs> It's, God, it's yeah. sad. Um, you know, Jerry's trying to get them out of there. Uh, George has the idea to, all right, you know what? We'll, uh, at the at the street corner, um, you know, we'll hop out. Uh, they're not going to shoot us, you know, right there in the city. And I love Jerry's reaction. It was, yeah, no one's ever been shot in the city. And he gives maybe the biggest eye roll. His face and his reaction is just Perfect. It's so sarcastic. Actually, I, I I love his face more than I like his uh, response.
0: Yeah, I do too. I've always been a big fan of when Jerry does that exaggerated eye roll and then kind of mm-hmm. like looks away. It's uh, it's perfect here. Absolutely perfect.
1: Yeah. So Kramer's worried, you know, something's going on. He's kind of figuring things out for him, but he's a bit off. He thinks that Jerry has always been O'Brien, not that it's just some mm-hmm. regular mistake. He dives into, you know, Kramer conspiracy, and, you know, um, Elaine's not really believing it. Uh, we get a great line, I, or a, a decent line, where Elaine says, he's not a Nazi, he's just neat. I, and I actually have always liked
0: that line. I thought yeah, it was funny.
1: It is, because it's a playoff, you know, of... of people thinking that Jerry's gay, yeah. he's single and he's yeah. neat. And people are like, oh, he's not gay. He's just neat. Um, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a joke with that. And I think that works.
0: And uh, I, because th- I, I think we might have past it but i just want to bring uh attention to uh george talks about i think he can't make a run for it it was in the previous conversation they talked about making a run for it and george says he pulled his hamstring and he did that by uh because he was in a hotel room and the covers were too tight and he was trying to like basically kick 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 the covers out and we know that comes back in a couple seasons where they just a whole bit about the covers being too tight one tuck, one untuck yada yada yeah 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 Yeah. but it's and no matter what, I always feel I always feel it's applicable. I love that bit about the covers being too tight because yeah, because oh, yeah. even Jerry's like, "What? Are you, how are you supposed to put your feet like to the side?" Like yeah, yeah. you know, it, it is true. I, um, I can't
1: stand tucked covers, and I me have too. to kick. I kick them out so hard. Uh, my wife is a tucked person, so we kind of have to do half and half in our bed, and it doesn't. It, it's it's. <laughs> I kick them out immediately, and she's just like, "God damn it!" Adam. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, and I can't have like my my feet covered. I usually sleep with like one leg. Uncovered, one leg covered. It's like that's how I maintain my balance. I'm like a lizard or something. (laughs) My heat. (laughs) No, Uh,
1: we do see that the two Nazis are starting to get a little suspicious, and Jerry and George are trying to have to, you know, put on some more acts.
0: Okay, but I think um, my notes were kind of crappy on this one. But Sorry? when they cut back from, I think when Elaine uh, says, uh, "You know, he's not; he's just neat." Yeah, I think is that when George is whistling and and y- Jerry yes. hits him. Okay, so. I've always obviously watched this, you know, uh, you know. It, there's nothing really to that joke, right? And I didn't know the the tune, but because I was watching it with subtitles, I saw the name. It says uh, George is whistling if I were a rich man. So I was like, oh, let me look that up. So oh, I looked up if I were yeah, rich it's, man. It's from Fiddler it, on
1: the Roof, right? Yep,
0: yep. Oh it's my from, god! And and so like I I've, I've I, obviously seen, a, seen
1: that's a that's a Jewish the tale of a tale of a Jewish family,
0: right? If people right. don't know that. Right. So so George is essentially singing the, the whistling this tune. I never would have even gotten this joke if it wasn't for no. subtitles. That's awesome. I I mean, thank you
1: for watching or watching it with subtitles because I didn't get it. I thought it was just whistling, trying to be nonchalant, and Jerry was like nudging him, stop being nonchalant. It's not working. But that makes it oh, that is makes it so much better
0: of a joke. Yep, I'm with you. I always thought he was just whistling to kind of like be a jerk and Jerry was like, Stop it. But yeah, there there's a layer to that. All right. All right. Props to that.
1: Yeah, the scenes in the limo, best part of the show, for sure.
0: Yeah, yes, the limo (laughs) shit, great. (laughs) Yes. Uh,
1: All right, so we get, again, we go back to Kramer and Elaine. Um, You know, Kramer's doing his conspiracy shit. Uh, Here, George and Jerry actually stop, uh, and they're kind of, I think they first want to try and get out. But all these other people hear the O'Brien name, so they're going to come try and attack them. So they have to hurry up and get into the limo. So that's, okay, now insanity. We got the whole gang in the limo.
0: But, but, like, are these people just, like, walking around waiting to hear the name O'Brien? You know? and, and then
1: they also just immediately assume that it's that O'Brien. There's never yeah. been another Irish person in New York ever. Yeah. <laughs> Driving around in a limousine. Yeah. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is That's racist, man. Yes. <laughs> from, from Seinfeld. <laughs> I mean, not, not us, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, so in the limo uh the they get a call and it's actually the real o'brien oh shit cut to our two nazis pointing guns at the gang uh it's all kind of intercut with this news lady who's just telling about the insanity of going on people trying to shake the limo Eh, a minor payoff that lane sees her friend dan outside the limo being pissed at them um that was really unnecessary completely uh and George fairly humorously is getting credited as being O'Brien in the news, uh, and he's just yelling, "I'm not O'Brien. I'm, I'm not, not O'Brien, O'Brien. yeah <laughs> and, uh, and
0: that's classic. like people yeah. will will quote that one, you know that's that'll pop up in here and there, yep. I agree, uh, and then we end with a stand-up bit about Nazis. Yeah, very applicable. All the stand-up bits in this mm-hmm. one are per- like perfectly applicable and perfectly timed. Uh, Jerry said he was watching uh, a World War II movie. He's like, you know, with all the Nazis and everything. He's like, he's like, I noticed that they have like two Hiles. He's like, they got the regular Heil, and you know, I mean, he does it on stage, and uh, and then they have the casual Heil. And he's like, yeah, you know, when you're walking in the office, hey, hey, Heil, how are you doing? And he's like, <laughs> world domination, you know, Heil, how, you know, he's like, anybody you get what. Well, who, who's who's got the donuts or these whose donuts are these hi yeah hi, how are you doing you know and it was funny i liked it it was like uh, uh essentially him you know diffusing it by with humor uh essentially um uh, since i'm talking i'll yeah, go yeah. right into it uh yep. i thought all three of these stand-ups were some of the best we've had so far mm-hmm. uh i think as you guys know uh, the limo stuff i loved i thought it was Fantastic! All the Jer- Jerry and George stuff, the Limo stuff was fantastic. This is bogged down by that B storyline. That that's what keeps this episode from just pure greatness, and honestly, really stalls the momentum of the episode, mm-hmm. stalls the the enjoyment to like to the point where I'm like, it doesn't just knock it down like a couple points. Like it it kind of makes it a little bit of a slog to get through, and I it that kind of sucks to say, but you know I I. I got to give this one like maybe 2.5 Hiles, you know, yes. it's, it's, it's it's casual Hiles as it were. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's just, man, like. I, it's a water
1: cooler Hile. This is not a, you know, a big,
0: big get together Hile. And I, it's so, it sucks so bad because I do love the stand up in this uh, episode and I do love the limo stuff, but it's, it's almost like, it, I think what it brings it down even more. I was probably going to give it a three until you mentioned that it would have been better if it all just took place in the limo. And then now that I can start like seeing that episode in my head, I'm like, oh man, we were robbed of a great, of what could have been a great episode. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that's, that's where I stand on it.
1: Yeah. No, fair enough. Uh, I was pretty similar. I mean, I thought the episode was okay. Of course, it's Seinfeld. I enjoyed it, but it's not standout. Um, I I kind of even dare say it's lower middle tier. Um, So, you know, of course there's funny things, but it lacked just some of the other greatness uh, that other episodes had, like some of the writing that really kind of comes back to us. They'd had some of that here, but it just, it really did lack, and it hurt with with the pacing of cutting to, uh, with Kramer and Elaine. Um, It just... It, this this one did not grip me like other episodes did, knowing what it could have been uh, with just the, the limo and just you going with that storyline in general and then still intertwining Kramer and uh, Elaine into it as opposed to cutting to them. Um, I also, strangely, I probably because... Of us cutting away to Jerry or to Kramer and Elaine, I kind of missed the apartment. I'm like, yeah. well, we had enough different places. Well, I, why didn't I get the apartment in this episode? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and and like, and if and if it was all limo, then I'm like, well, no, this is the limo episode. I don't yeah. need the apartment. But like, we had enough different spots that I was like, fuck. Um, you know, it's like, is that weird? I don't know. I don't care. I just kind of missed it. No, I um, I mean, I love my known locations. You know yeah. that, you know, Yeah. know. I love that so, stuff. Um overall, it, of course it's watchable, but it's not up to the standard that we know and love. So I gave it 2 out of 5 serial famines,
0: <laughs> Which is
1: which is something we didn't even talk about of it as a little thing. it was a quick little thing that Jerry talked about, um <laughs> you know, being Murphy in Ireland, you know, he got out of the out of there from the serial famine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but you know, like it's like all right. The fact that we find out that that limo driver, that joke wasn't the fact yeah, that he could hear that them. Hurts. That hurts. That hurt really bad, and, and especially we've seen already just the season alone so many episodes that had such spectacular writing that was just so cohesive mm-hmm. with every thread is a, is a payoff. Yeah, dude, I didn't even. I honestly didn't even think about it until you just said that at the end. Um, it's just yeah, the writing isn't even that tight on this one. Yeah. You know, it's not just the fact of like removing that unnecessary B story. Line, but it's the fact that even in the A storyline, the writing itself wasn't that strong. Yep. So I mean, and heck, this is probably our shortest episode we've recorded since probably the very first one we ever did. <laughs> so that should tell you sort of what we uh, how we felt about yeah. it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, always love it. We fucking love Sunfield. That's where we're gonna keep giving you this to you back to back to back every single week. <sighs> But this time, you know, yeah. I'm just they're eh, just gonna move yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So right. let's uh, let's move on to where can we find you out there in the universe, my friend? You can find me on the Blast from Our Past podcast that I do with my brother every single week, uh, part of the BFOP Network, and we are giving you movies, TV. You know, if you go to our Patreon, you get trivia where we have cool people like Corey and his partner Tess uh, from the OCD podcast doing trivia against us. And it's a blast. Um, How about you tell us a little bit more about Tess and the OCD podcast, my man?
0: Yeah, buddy. So, OCD podcast is short for the ongoing comic book discussion podcast, and uh, me and my pal Tess, we every week basically uh, review a trade paperback, like a comic book trade. So that's usually about six issues, you know. And uh, the the idea is that she's only actually been reading comics for about a year now, and I've been I'm forty one. I've been reading comics by thirty eight years, right? Like just pretty <laughs> much my entire life. Um, so we try to basically uh, tackle stuff from two different. Points. Points of view and and make recommendations, and you know, like it's it's not just all her, you know, uh, learning new stuff. I'm trying to learn, you know, she's introducing me to to new comics and new ideas as well, and it's a fun uh, new perspective on everything. And. We just officially became part of the BFOP Network.
1: Ooh, congrats, baby! We love <laughs> you. We're so happy that you're part of the team and the family. Of course, you've already been part of the family. <laughs> you know, yeah. a founding member of the family. And uh, now we got Tessa board. Hey, Tessa! Right. Tessa's our first female, and we're actually really excited about that because it's <laughs> been it's been a dude fest. I'm not gonna lie in the Beefop yeah. uh, uh,
0: group chat. It's, it's it's nice to have another perspective on yes. things. Yes, <laughs> very sure. much so.
1: Uh,
0: so yeah. Yeah, so check check that out um, you know guys you know where to where else to find me podcasting after dark and uh, definitely make sure you check out Friday five podcast on yes. the BFOP network and uh, all the podcasts this one ongoing conflict discussion podcast uh, uh, podcast after dark blasphemer past Friday five you can find them all on Apple podcast Spotify Podbean, stitcher the usual podcatchers. catchers and uh, you know share them with your friends and leave us reviews if you like what we're doing
1: if you want to check out little bios about us or anything like that, go to the go to bfopnetwork.com, yep. and you can kind of find links to you know all of the podcasts there, and that's a good little uh, starting
0: spot if you want to know. That's right. So we'll, we'll be around, and we will be around next week for another awesome episode of Seinfeld. Hello, everybody. I'm Adam.
1: I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past.